Love can be exhilarating and wonderful, but it can also be painful and complicated. Join clinical psychologist and best-selling author, Dr. David Hawkins, as he reveals the truth about the good, the bad, and the ugly aspects of relationships. Listen in as he gives you practical tips for hope and healing. Welcome to the podcast, Mad in Love. Welcome to Mad in Love, the podcast where we get real about relationships, healing, and personal growth, too. You get them all. I'm your host, Dr. David Hawkins, founder of the Marriage Recovery Center and the Emotional Abuse Institute. Today, we are back with my, I don't know if this is favorite. It's a, it's good. I'm pretty, it's kind of favorite special segment called Dr. Hawkins Reacts. You see what I'm really like when like, oh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. And I'm joined by my awesome producer, Katie Buckley. Yes. Hello, Katie. And incredible colleague and clinician, Jonathan Glover. He's He's kind of eclipsing me on the smart scale. It's okay if you all think that way, because I think that way. Uh, hello, Jonathan. Ooh, hello. I am, I'm excited to be back. I love these all episodes. All right. All right. Now, you're joining me, right? I mean, this is, we're, 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 we're tag teaming this. Is that right? Or am I, am I yeah, on the hot I'm, seat? I'm ready to take notes and everything. We're tagging. Okay. I like the tag team better than like, oh. You're on the Jonathan spot. Coming. All right, 100%. Kate. All right. Cool. So. Yeah, I think we mostly agree on stuff, but yeah. Okay. Katie, what have you got for us today from the wild and wonderful world of Disney? Oh, no, no. Excuse me. I've read it. <laughs> today, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm just kind of picking posts that seem interesting to me. Some of them are a little bit what we would call lighter, maybe not so light to the person who wrote it. We're going to start with a an airport situation. This was posted by someone called Login Now, please. <laughs> Airports are stressful, by the way. I mean, I'm, oh my goodness, I can't, are we doing that? Because launching a boat, going to an airport, there's some places and situations that are just filled with stress. All right, well, go ahead. Give it, what's the name of well, this person even again? more stressful when you have to deplane. So this is how it goes. Everyone had to deplane from their luggage baggage claim and make their way to the support desk. I was waiting in line for 45 minutes and was next. Then a woman cuts in front of me. I kindly tell her, excuse me, I was waiting in line and was next. She looks at me and goes, do you have kids? No? Then show some empathy. The airline rep felt bad, helped us next in parallel. My take is if she's taken two seconds to ask me if she could cut, the answer is absolutely yes. I do not doubt being in a situation like that with kids is difficult. It's the entitlement that ticked me off. Do not weaponize your kids like this. Everyone has stuff going on. Your stuff, I'm paraphrasing, your stuff just happens to be kids. I'm trying my best to get on the next flight out quickly to visit sick family. Everyone has their own stuff. Yeah, I'm reminded when you, Katie, when you say everyone's got their own stuff, there's a famous proverb that goes something like this, Jonathan. I don't know if you've heard this one, uh, and that is, if we really took time to understand one another, there wouldn't be tension and frustration in relationships. If we really, because everyone 
does have their own agenda, their own stuff going on in the background. Do you know how that saying goes, Katie or Jonathan? Um, if we, I, I know what you're referring to. I I am awful at recalling like the specifics as far as like memorizing things and passages. And I, I'm just awful at kind of being able to quote anything or remember anybody's names. I'm awful with names. Okay, well that's the the, the saying is that that we if we if we really took time to understand where each other's coming from, there would be much more compassion and care and kindness in the world. I'm with the the woman who uh, is didn't like the other woman cutting in. And I think that's incredibly insensitive. And I agree with her. I think, I think the other person was acting entitled and yeah, her whole thinking. If, if the woman had said, Hey, look, I'm in a tough way. I've got dumb. I got two kids here. Can I please just cut in? I'm so sorry. That would have just gone a long way. And that's, I'm in the airport a fair bit. And there are people that act entitled and pushy, and it just increases the tension, and I don't like it. So the woman, the cutter in her, acted entitled and insensitive, and I think she deserved to be confronted soundly. How would you respond? I would say, no, look, I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate this. And maybe a little bit of coaching. If you had asked, it would go a long way. I would, of course, allow it. And I mean, go ahead and do it now, but I um, I want you to know I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate it. Jonathan. I, I think this is a really interesting just kind of bubble of an uh, of an example of of a, a boundary violation and uh, especially the reaction to it. So uh, obviously, I mean, there's there's no contest here. I I absolutely agree this is rude and like I said, a boundary violation. The response, though, of pointing to the offender and saying, this is the reason why it happened, and I'm going to label you as entitled, and I'm going to be pointing at you as the problem. And then that's where that's where they're writing this 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 question from. This is where where the this is where the emotion comes from, or what it seems like. I actually think that the emotion in this case doesn't come from just entitled people that exist in the world it it's it's that this person bumped up against this individual Loganau Loganau's sense of themselves and the accusation was you have no children and you have no empathy specifically have a little empathy and i think that that's really where the rub is 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 where this this person is making an accusation about uh, Loganau that that doesn't line up with their their sense of who they are and so they that's why at the end of the uh, at the end of the question they say that they are traveling to be with sick what they say sick family or sick relatives i mean they're they're trying to assert like i am an empathetic person and and here's another example if she had asked here's my situation can i go in front of you I would have said absolutely yes, but I don't. I don't actually think that the upsetting part was the entitlement. I mean, there's rude people all over the place. I think that's actually where the emotion comes from. Is from this is not who I see myself as, and that this this and also the shock of it, right? I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if I agree with you, <laughs> but it, it's an interesting. You, you caused me. You always caused me to think, Jonathan. So yeah, I'm. I think the person was rude and oh, you, uh, absolutely. 
Another another quick tangent. You used the word boundary violation, and you and I have done previous broad, uh, podcasts. There actually wasn't a boundary here because a boundary. Do, do we agree that a boundary is is clearly defined? It's clearly articulated, and it's clearly managed. So in this case, I mean, other than maybe there was a sign saying "Don't cut in front," of, uh, probably wasn't a sign saying Don't, "No cutting allowed." So do, do you mean it that way, that there was a, I mean, there's kind of an unspoken boundary, this person cut in front in the line, but it wasn't a spoken boundary? I don't agree with that. I, I don't have to have an established boundary with every stranger that exists in the world in order to follow through with something that, that is, is a violation of what I consider to be safe or my sense of sure. security. So I, I yeah. think my, my boundary of being spoken to in a particular way or being in certain environments that call into question my safety or security, I can still respond to that and have a reaction to that. And it's my responsibility to do so. And I think that's why this person uh, spoke up and said, Hey, by the way, I'm next. Yeah. I, I want to go off script a little bit, Katie. I, I have a real life situation. I'd love your, both of your takes on this. <clears throat> this past weekend, I was up at our cabin, and there's a laundry mat, a little laundry place, da-da-da-da, drum roll here, and I put my wash in, and I was five minutes late. I, I went and did another errand. I came back, and I looked in the wash machine, and I couldn't find my wet laundry. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so I, uh, there was a woman sitting there, and I said, I, and I, I looked like that, like, my, my laundry's gone. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I needed the washing machine. So I put your laundry up there. Uh, so up my wet <laughs> clothes were sitting on the counter, and I did not know what to do. I felt violated. I was in the wrong in that I left the premises, and I left the machine unattended, which I don't think you're supposed to do, but it's not clearly stated. I felt really. I just felt crummy. And I just looked at her and I said, oh, and that's all I did. But boy, for the next two hours, I was thinking, I should have, I wish I would have, I really would have liked to have said, and I don't know, I'm feeling a little bit like the lady who's was cut in line. I didn't like the feeling. And yet I'm not sure I was right. And after the fact, I had all kinds of things I wanted to say, like, you reached in and touched all my underwear and laundry and towels and you, I, I don't know. So what do you think, Jonathan? You may, you may take a contrarian view on that. What do you think? No, I think that was, was I right. Was that okay the, that I felt violated? The the weirdness of that is, is I, I resonate with that. And I, I, I don't think the question is, it, is it okay if you feel violated? I think the fact is, is that you did feel violated. And I think that's, that's the important yes. part. I mean, somebody else, I mean, Katie might be like, oh yeah, I've had that happen to me number, a number of times. I'm always late with, with whatever. And that's fine with me. Every individual might have a different response to that. Yeah. But the, the reality is that you did feel that sense of violation. And then the question is, what do you want to do with that? How are you going to respond to it? And, and here's something I think everybody can resonate with. I toggled back and forth in my head. That's oh, what yeah. happened. So I was and confused. even for an hour afterwards. Two hours. 
Two, oh. two, three hours. It's it's now it's a day later, and no, I like. Well, I hmm, maybe I. Oh, I don't know. I mean, gosh, I sure no. Maybe I shouldn't have. I mean, I I have been very confused. Was I right to feel what I felt? And thank you. Yes. I did. I did feel it, but I think a lot of folks, especially we talk about narcissism and emotional abuse. And they're told repeatedly, no, you, there's no problem here. You don't need to be upset. No, you're, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. And so I was in that inner state of, in a very, mi- <laughs> very mild situation, not to compare it to emotional abuse. But that is what many women feel much of the time, a state of inner confusion. That whole situation reminds me of this one episode in Friends back in the day. And there's this character, I think most people know her, Rachel Green, and she's kind of known as the people pleaser on the show, go with the flow, doesn't like confrontation. They had a moment in the in the laundromat where she's with Ross, and there was an aggressive New Yorker woman who wanted to have the machines the way she wanted. And it was a moment of her being able to step up and build her boundaries and speak up for herself to say, no. This is not okay. This is my machine. You cannot do that. And I think that's so applicable to this situation. You could absolutely have the ability to have a voice and speak into, I hear you. I know that I was five minutes late, but it really isn't appropriate to touch someone else's stuff to get your way. I will make sure that next time I stick around to make sure that I'm here on time, but it wasn't appropriate for you. And you could definitely say that. I didn't. I wish I would have. And I think with so many folks that are watching this podcast and listening to what we have to say, they can also get where I could feel like, uh, do I have the right? Is this, and it's called self-validation, by the way, and it's a tool to be able to validate one's own experience. And I, I struggled for a couple of hours afterwards to validate my experience. Like, whoa, man, it feels creepy. But she said, Hey, I needed the machine. And I needed to do what I did. Did you rewash the load, Dr. Hawkins? I'm curious now. <laughs> did I what? Did you rewash everything? <laughs> I didn't rewash everything, but yeah, boy, I gave her the stink eye. And um, <laughs> I wish I would have done more. And and I think uh, as we talk to folks, we can encourage them. I love what you just said, Katie, to to listen to your own experience and to speak up for yourself and I think it's absolutely fine to own your own actions and behaviors, but still set your boundary. It was violated. And this whole thing about boundaries, and as we do it more and more and more, we become clearer and clearer and stronger and more confident and more courageous. And it's it's really a cool thing. That's what we're all about, helping folks get stronger, more courageous, more confident, more uh, compassionate, more more all of those things. The next one was submitted by Ebony Salamander. And this person is asking, I'm assuming a man, am I the a-hole for having a baby shower and not inviting my pregnant ex? So my ex and I are currently expecting a baby and she's 26 weeks along. I'm the last and only person in my friendship group and my family who hasn't had a kid yet. So everyone's quite excited. And they decided to throw me a baby shower just for just for fun. They told me they wanted to throw me one and asked if I should invite my they should invite my ex. I said no because well no. 
We've agreed to co-parent, but we can and should keep things separate, if not necessary, to include each other. And this is with just my friends and family. So they threw me this baby shower and it was honestly quite fun. It was all just jokes and, and banter. We had a great lunch, some drinks, treats, and gift giving. It was more of a celebratory party for me and finally joining the parent club more than anything. We took a bunch of funny parody type pictures of typical baby shower photo shoots, like the one with my stomach out and my friends were feeling the baby and one of me under the baby shower banner with all the balloons and gifts. Those were obviously posted and my ex saw them and didn't like it to say the least. She thinks I'm a, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing, um, a punk and for having a baby shower. One, at all, because I refuse to throw her one or help contribute. Two, without her, since I'm not the one pregnant. And apparently the photos were sexist and insulting. I get it, but I also don't think it's a big deal. Am I the a-hole? I don't think that he's the a-hole, but I don't think that he is factoring how all these dynamics might make her feel. I, I, I My question is, like, what family does she have? What friends does she have? Does she have support? Does she have, is somebody throwing her a baby shower? And also like how many of those people overlap with the people that were at this, this party? Because there could be some dynamics there. A lot of the things that he outlined as far as this is support for him. This is, this is, um, people showing that they are going to support his, his next life, life step. I think that that's, that's important for him. He needs, he needs that. And maybe there could have been some things that he could have done or that his friends could have done to mitigate some of this, um, to just to let her know and to explain the reasons why they were doing it and why, why he did not want to invite her or things like that. But I don't think having this party and not inviting her in and of itself is an a-hole move. Why do you, I'm curious about your thinking here. Why did you, why do you ask the question, did she have enough support? Did she have friends? I mean, isn't that her side of the street? And oh yeah, I, I mean, quite quite frankly, none of his business. Yeah, I mean, it's good however, for him to, be, to think through the ramifications of his of actions, course. but the, but then he needs to stop there. You know, does she have enough support? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's. Um, I, what I, you're, think, you're thinking about I that? totally, ag- I totally agree with you. That is her side of the street. My question is more uh, the unspoken. Like, I'm thinking about the dynamics in which one one person in a split or when there's been conflict, kind of takes over all of the family and friends and and pulls them oh, to sure, their yeah. side. And so, this is not even included with the question. I'm just, I'm just aware of perhaps sometimes when those dynamics are present, that's another complication there, but absolutely. That's, that's, I agree. That's, that's her side of the street. On that topic, just a, a quick aside for everybody to think through. I, I think about this a lot. The topic of the continuum of not being insensitive on the one end of the continuum and at the other end of the continuum, not being overly sensitive, meaning, or another way to think about this is side of the street. So yeah, we would want him to be sensitive, but not take ownership for her side of the street. She's upset. That's her business. And we we teach and counsel people to make sure that we give to people their business. And so you hear the phrase, not my business, not my concern. I don't want to be a person who's 
strident about that. Like, yeah, I don't, not my business. I don't care. I want to be a person who cares, but I don't want to be a person who overly cares. Like, oh no, they might get upset with me. Do you understand the needle that we're threading here? Uh, Jonathan, do you agree with that? That we're, or Katie, you can weigh in too, that, you know, (laughs) that we're, we're, we're trying to be sensitive and kind people, but we're not owning what is not ours to own. Right. And I don't, part of the dynamics here. Yeah. And I don't think he was responsible for changing certain things ahead of time or considering all these things ahead of time. I think what I'm responding more to is, if she's reaching out or if if she's expressing some displeasure, he can approach that with some curiosity about, well, what exactly are you saying? Um, they, they are probably going to continue to be in some type of contact in terms of co-parenting in the future. And so having some amount of like, let me hear what you're, you're saying. Why are you saying that in his response? But as far as if he has to pay attention to all these things and consider her 100% in the preparation for this, this party. I, I don't think he needed to do that. See, now, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm be, maybe I'm being overly sensitive or Jonathan, but I, when you say that, I, I don't know that it's his place to even ask her what her reaction is. What's her, I mean, he's not in relationship with her, correct? They're not in, I mean, they're co-parenting. They have a, they right. have a business together. Mm-hmm. They have a business. The business is we co-parent. That's it. We don't have a personal relationship. We don't have a friendship. We don't have a, nope, it's just a business. Now, do you agree with that? That So there isn't a place, there would not be, I wouldn't, if he came to me and said, oh man, should I call her up and see if she's upset? I'd say, no. 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 Okay, you agree with that? That Yeah, yeah. That it's not his place to, to tend to her feelings. All right, Katie, you have right. a reaction here. Do you want to? This could be my own unhealthiness and lack of boundaries. But as a mother, and I have, you know, kids with my second marriage, and I have a child with my first marriage where we co-parent, I wish that we had a more peaceful dynamic in respect to just being able to raise my oldest son with some sort of peace and good communication. I don't have that with my ex. And it's an awful experience. And I wish that there was more consideration in fostering at least a healthy dynamic, not a good relationship. I don't want to be best friends with him or anything. I don't really want to talk to him other than in light of my son. But having some sort of consideration of being a healthy communicator and being considerate on how this may affect the way they parent together. So yes, this isn't a celebration for him becoming a parent. I don't know, but there's just something that kind of jabs me a little bit. And I wish there was better communication and consideration because they're not even parents yet. The child's not even born and they're already setting up an unhealthy dynamic. And that's not good for the kid because at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing to me. How is it going to affect the child? Yeah. And my comment wasn't about his duty. I, I don't think he has a duty or an obligation to her. What I'm talking about is more the internal space that he that he responds to her with. So when she communicated this, and she probably blasted him. I mean, it probably was unpleasant. But his takeaway was the defensiveness and sort of to almost like fight back and get online and post this this post and things. And I guess what I'm proposing is that internally, if he was able to to 
just step into a space for himself of like, I wonder why she feels like this. How is this affecting her? What are her expectations as a, like Katie said, as a, as a mother and moving forward and all that, it just allows him to be in a space that he's not as emotionally reactive. And so is it, as far as his duty to her? No, that's, that's not what it's about. This does bring up and, and Katie, you're, you're bringing it up too, that, that threading this needle, the needle of, uh, considering the impact of our actions, that's, that's at one end of the scale, and that, that's the middle, considering the impact. However, this man and the woman, I hope in the future they are defining, that's the word I want everybody to think about, definition of what our relationship is going to be. So I, I, don't, I still want to stick with, I don't think it's his place, nor do I think he even should go to her and say, hey, can we talk about your reaction? Because that is saying we have a personal relationship. We don't. Now he doesn't need to say that to her. He doesn't need to be caustic and hot. we don't. We don't have a personal, you know. But it is. I mean, every couple pulling apart that that does the business of raising a child needs to define. Okay, I mean, we counsel people that are pulling apart, and I'm off on a little bit of a tangent. But when I counsel, it's not. A, it's not a big part of my practice, but it's part. When I counsel them to pull apart. I say things to them like, okay, now, you, you know, you're pulling apart. You've chosen to not have a personal relationship. So now you're not going to talk about things that are personal. You're going to talk only about the, the nature of co-parenting these children. So, well, yeah, but I don't like the way she, you know, the kind of meals she's cooking for our child. Yeah, that that's... If it rises to the level of concern, then that's a topic to have. If it doesn't, anyway, so you're creating definition, what our new relationship is going to look like. All right. Anyway, it's a bit of a tangent. I like that he says, this is a celebratory party for me, and I wanted to have it. I'm mostly in favor. Are you ready for the next one? (laughs) I think we are ready for the next one. Okay. This one is posted by someone call themselves stranger old 3321 looks like it was posted yesterday am i the a-hole for telling my daughter she shouldn't complain about being poor because she chose to be a teacher my husband and i both late both in our late 50s have had three lovely children james these are fake names hey would you go back to am i the a-hole for telling my daughter she shouldn't complain about being poor stop complaining about being poor you you made your bed lie in it that's what I'm hearing so far. Okay. So this person or this couple. <laughs> this is a grown daughter, I take it, right? She's mm-hmm. a teacher. So, okay. Uh, James, 34, Maggie, 33, June, 32. My husband is a lawyer and I have been a paralegal since my last child graduated. So we make a good living. James is also a lawyer, same firm as his dad. Maggie is now in law school after becoming a part-time paralegal while her two kids were young. My husband is in engineering and does quite well. I'm not trying to brag, but we all do quite well, and it is relevant to this posting. June is an elementary school teacher, and her husband manages a restaurant. They're both very hard workers, and I'm proud of June for doing well at a very hard and vastly underpaid job. However, she is always jealous and complaining about how hard she has it. She's complaining about how we have a cabin up in the UP, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And she's got a starter home that we gave her money for. 
And she complained about her sister having nice clothes, her brother's house in the lake, her husband having loans for his master's, us having nice... She's listening. She constantly complains every dang time she comes over. She says things like, must be nice to go on vacation, must be nice to get new furniture. <laughs> Last night, she again complained that she can't afford to go up to the UP house and it must be nice to afford gas and still be able to wear fancy clothes. I snapped. I told her her constant complaining was getting old, and we gave her the same help with her college and grad school as her siblings, and she knew when she chose her career what the salary would be. I told her I'm very proud of her, but she knew what she was getting into, and this attitude makes her family not want to be around her. She was furious and left, screaming that her siblings are the golden children and that she was just as good. I tried to tell her it wasn't true, but she wouldn't let me get a word in. She won't talk to me, but she called her sister and was quite put out by the whole thing, but on my side, so the sister's on her side. My husband, however, said I should have just let it go, and my mother is very upset and is acting like I did something terrible. Am I the a-hole? This is a touchy subject, because teachers are underpaid. No <laughs> <laughs> word in there. Gonna yeah, put it up. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the issue here isn't about whether she, whether the daughter has the right to feel underpaid and the daughter to feel envious of siblings and family. And uh, th that th I don't think that's the issue. The issue that I would encourage us to be focused on, well, I, that's what I'm focused on, Jonathan, I want to hear your reaction, but it, it's how to handle the complaining person. And the, the daughter isn't just complaining. The daughter, which is often typical of complaints, the daughter's taking some shots here and there, like, oh, must be nice to this and that. And boy, you guys have it so good that you did it, did it, and I have it so bad. And we call that a thinking error. At least I call it that. I call it a thinking error of playing the victim. And the parent is appropriately, but <laughs> there's a better way to say it, take responsibility for your life, you know? But like, yeah, the, the phrase, well, you, you know, you made your bed, now lie in it. That's insensitive, callous, and harsh and adds to the problem. So, Absolutely. So ahead, are you John. the a-hole? A yes, you are. And the part specifically, I absolutely agree with Dr. Hawkins here, is where you said you made your bed and now you lie in it. It's, it's where you say you chose to be a teacher, so shut up. That's, that's the part where you were an a-hole. Yes. I agree completely. I'm going to use the phrase threading a needle. It is so tough. I mean, we've all, everybody has been around someone who complains a lot. Wow. I don't, I don't know that I've got that mastered about what, what, how do, what, how do you confront someone? So presumably this parent is feeling offended again and again. The siblings maybe are feeling offended. I mean, everybody apparently. I'll take that literally. The, uh, the family is feeling offended by her attitude. How does the family, Jonathan, love your take. What would you, how would you say, what is the way? So we know the wrong way. Don't be an a-hole. Don't blast the person. Don't, wow, oh, wow, yeah, everybody's sick and tired of your complaining. You don't fight fire with more aggression. Give us the perfect response. Well, I think that, user stranger old three three two one i think that they actually did a pretty good job of outlining what the approach could have been at least in the in this writing i don't know if that was their approach but to to pull them aside say hey i i kind of want to talk to you about something 
that I've been noticing. And then she, she said, you know, that here's what I've been noticing. Here's the pattern when we're together, when we're, when we're traveling, when we're at the cabin, when we're ha- at a dinner, you make comments about, and to point that out and to say on the receiving end of it, it is uncomfortable. It doesn't make us want to continue to engage in that conversation or to even be around that type of behavior much. So if, if that's going to continue, it's, it's off-putting and I'd appreciate it if you cut it out. But, but again, making it about that, that behavior, that dynamic, and then not to go that step further and to sort of poke. You just did a beautiful job, and I want to highlight it for everybody, and I want you to do it again, if you don't mind, Jonathan. So what Jonathan oh. just did, everybody, he just remember. did, well, we teach, we teach nonviolent communication. Nonviolent communication has four principles. You're going to do them again if I on cue here, Jonathan. Nonviolent communication is about making an observation, not a judgment, not an opinion, not an attack, not I feel like you, none of that, observation, sharing a feeling. You did a beautiful job of making, of commenting on this, making an observation to this woman, observation, feeling, need, and then a positive request. I didn't like your last sentence. If I'm going to be a little picky, I want you to cut it out. Well, I you yeah, slipped yeah, off I, of the you slipped I, off of the nonviolent communication. I jumped off of that. I also didn't do the third step very well, identifying the need. And I actually think that 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 is a super critical part. If your goal is to maintain a relationship, it's, which it is it's for really, most people, yeah, and it's it's really important to say, you know, I'm having this conversation with you. Because yeah, I, I I love spending time with you. I appreciate you as a person so much. And actually, she did this in the in the email too. She's she talked about how how much she respected how hard of a worker she was, and and working in in a field that that was was difficult. And and you receive little, at least financial compensation for the hard work that that gets put in. And so I think that she did a good job of that. And that's that's really important to highlight that if you're coming at somebody with pretty honest, direct criticism and saying, this is a thing that you're doing and here's why it's a problem. It's really important to say, this is the reason why I'm telling you this. And it's because of this big picture, long-term goal. I value our relationship. I value you. So now real quickly, that was beautiful. So you do a preamble, you do a preview, a pre, 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 pre of I care about you. I'm coming to you because I want us to be connected in a healthy way. Now do the four deals. Do make an observation. What would you, what observation would you give to this woman? You did it beautifully, John. Just do it again. Observation. What would the, what yeah. would, what's the feeling? What's it's your need? And what's your request? Yeah. What's the pattern? So it, I think saying the pattern is, a lot of times when we are together, um, whether or not it's with us or when you're with your siblings or, or when it's all of us as a family, you will make comments that I don't know how to categorize it. Yeah. You got to be careful right there. Yeah. It, because you don't want to put in the, the part that you do ahead of time is to filter out your own thinking errors. Yeah. And that includes the, the mind reading and the labeling and things like that. So you don't want to say, you know, you're playing the victim. You're you're using victim stance, even though that yeah. might be nope. exactly you gotta, what's happening. You, you've got to screen out. You've got to sift out all of that stuff because everybody, 
if you don't, it, it'll break bad. And remember your point, remember Jonathan's point. You, you want to create connection. You want a relationship and you want this person's cooperation. You do. You really do. Remind yourself of that. Look at a cue card. I want their cooperation. I want a relationship so, with them. That's why we're doing this. All right. So you make the observation. Naming, yeah. Naming it as making comments that are comparing experiences that is the, the notice the, what he just did everybody it's so beautiful so he made an observation you didn't say yeah you, 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 i just want to point this out to you you just complain every time we get together you're just a complainer that's all you do that will break bad all right so that your observation is when we're together so you share the preamble i care about you i love you i want a relationship with you what I've noticed is that frequently you'll make comparisons between your life and the life of others. Yes. And when you do that, I feel... Yeah, I feel, it, uh, feel discomfort. Feel uncomfortable, okay? Yeah. And I have an underlying need for what? For comfort. <laughs> I, I, I want to enjoy i want to enjoy my time with you you know since you started working 45 minutes away and living an hour and a half away we don't see you as often and i i really i really look forward to and value all of the time that i get to spend with you and so that's actually why i'm telling you about this because i would i would love it if you know as your mother i'm just asking if you if you would just be more more aware of how often you're making those types of comments. And is that your request? Is that your positive request? Just please, please be aware of how frequently you do that and yeah. cut it out. No, yeah, no. I, I, don't, I, I mean, you could, you could make it a, a, a much more firm request. I don't want you to ever say those things again, but I think realistically it's, it's maybe what you're asking for is just like, can you practice some awareness, please? And I want to remind everyone, so that was beautifully done. Will that turn the entire ship around? Probably not. Is it a beginning? Absolutely. And that's what so much of our, our actions, what we're all involved in. Anybody who's older than seven years old is involved in this kind of stuff. So, Jonathan, if, if this young woman hears this one time, and then maybe two months later, here's it again and maybe two months later hopefully not but here's it it can begin to change things so don't underestimate the power and the potential of making changes it won't happen in one fell swoop but it can happen in a situation like this is it appropriate because i'm hearing that the daughter is jealous and is in some sort of pain just feeling like she oh. may have chose a path that she wasn't really aware would be affecting the way she would be in right now so would it be appropriate as a mother to just go hey i am hearing that you you're unhappy you're showing that you have some thoughts and feelings about how things are going could we get lunch could we get coffee could we talk it out i'm concerned love um, it katie i yeah. want to talk to you because i don't want you to feel like you have to have these feelings of outbursts and comments because we hear you we're here for you that's a beautiful illustration, Katie, of sandwiching, you know, yeah. so Jonathan began with, a, I care about you, I love you, and then rolled into his observation, feeling, need, request, and then closed it out with, would you like to talk some more? 
or I really love you. I care about you. I, I don't want you to be in this kind of pain. Yeah. And maybe even exploring that entire conversation first. And then the mother or, or um, this parent has a lot more space, perhaps, to be able to say, hey, also. Well, everybody, you can see that this is, uh, every one of these situations is uh, really interesting for us all to think about, because there's so many principles embedded in every situation. And I want to just remind everybody that whatever challenge you're facing it really is an opportunity. Oh, I know you're rolling your eyes at me like, oh, really? No, it doesn't feel like an opportunity. It feels like a total hassle. It's not a total hassle. It's a hassle, but it's an opportunity to grow. So every situation you're facing, what is the challenge embedded in it? All right. That's a wrap for today's episode of Mad in Love. We hope you enjoyed our candid conversations and reactions to these stories that we heard on Reddit. Remember what I just said, relationships are a journey and we're here to support you in every step of the way. If any of the topics we discussed resonated with you, or if you're seeking guidance in your relationship, don't hesitate to reach out to the Marriage Recovery Center or the Emotional Abuse Institute. We're here to help. You can book a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our trained client care specialists by visiting our website, www.marriagerecoverycenter.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a five-star review and share your thoughts on the podcast. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners who may benefit from our discussions. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and join us as we navigate the complexities of high-conflict relationships and explore paths to healing, growth, and transformative love. So your, your support means the world to us. Thank you for tuning in to Madden Love. Jonathan, thank you. Katie, as always, thank you.